Broadcast Network, After Buzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, Helix fans. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Helix After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Talking about Season 2, Episode 5, Oubliette. I'm Matt Lieberman. Are you, what are you whistling? Is there, is that, we didn't uh, have the music. Oh, yeah, so I don't know where it is. It's week. cool. We have our own music. Wait, no. She's doing Griffith. You're doing San Jose. <laughs> And then somebody in the corner is just like swinging to jazz music, like Brother yeah, Michael, or like straight, you know whatever kind of disco nightmare we had as our happy music of the week oh, I this love week. That. Uh, but hey, gang, <laughs> Matt Lieberman here, Stephen Lemieux here. Hey, guys, Lizard from Maui is here. What's going on? Uh, Zach Wilson's here. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us. And so we have a very, finally. very, very special guest this week, Mr. Neil Napier is here. Woo! Glad to have you back, sir. Hey, happy to be back. Doctor King Farragut. Mm-hmm. Vector King himself. Vector yeah. King. That's actually that's actually the first title. question that we got on Twitter was do you miss being a Vector God King? I do a little bit miss being a Vector God King. Because yeah. that was the best thing about it was being the most interesting person on set when you're there. <laughs> yeah. But now I just look like me and people are like, Oh hey Neil, how you you're doing? You're still interesting. <laughs> so yeah, so since you've been here last, mm-hmm. you've done a pretty big dick move. Yep. And you let you let the scythe go. You know. And you're doing a pretty dick move this time. Yeah. But at least the dick moves on you this time. I'm seeing a pattern emerge. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's a game of dick moves. Game of dick yes. moves. Yeah. Uh, before, it's like Game of Thrones. Before game we dick jump moves. too deep into it, uh, first of all, I want to say hello to those of you who are watching us live on YouTube. Uh, hey there in the chat roll. Uh, please feel free to uh, you know ask us questions. We can ask Neil while he's here. Uh, also, you can tweet at us uh, at any time during the show and after yes. using the hashtags Ziz. That's Z I Z. Yeah. Hashtag Ziz or hashtag ABTV Helix. Uh, we're going to give out our Twitter handles, all of us, right now so that you can do that. I am at Matt Lieberman. That's M A T T L I E B E R M A N. I am at Stephen Lemieux, S T P H E N L E M I E U X, and I'll be in the chat live with you guys on YouTube. You can find me at Lizzie Maui. That's at L I Z Z Y M A W Y. I am that Zach Wilson, T H A T Z A C H W I L S O N. Oh my god, you guys do that so fast. I am Neil Napier at N-E-I-L-N-A-P-I-E-R. Beautiful. Yeah. Well nice. done. See, I think he has got like a French kind of name too, and I almost feel like sometimes he even messes up on it when he's like, that's why he just points down like he's hoping you the guy can, can spell his own if name. If I was to say, moi, moi je m'appelle Neil Napier, donc uh, on, on peut, no, I won't finish it. I can understand. Hey, you yeah. can understand yeah. a little bit of French? Oh my oh, god. <laughs> <I got> flush. <laughs> You're getting a little flush. I got the vapors. I mean, language of love. With that black and white striped shirt, shouldn't you just be able understand oh, blue and white it's completely different you know well, who had the vapors you, this season all the kids on this island if you have a certain <laughs> <day>. <laughs> uh, just only when you're playing time machine so uh <laughs> let's jump in because we don't have a ton of time my uncle played time um, machine with me so <laughs> peter this season first yeah. of all congratulations on on being more of a central role yeah. this season Thank it's you. a pleasure to get to see you not just zizzing everywhere. Yeah. It's a pleasure not to be zizzing everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, congratulations on not being boiled and killed in the third episode. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Dr. You. Boiled, I mean. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. With a Y. 
Oh, yes. I get it. Yeah. Um, but at the top of this episode, like he's just straight up knife right in Alan's back, and I know that we've talked. I think we talked a little bit last year about your relationship uh, between the two of you, and we got to see that definitely on display in this episode, which I think is my favorite of the season so far. Um, but I guess I want to know why. Why is he betraying him here? Well, I think. Uh Peter has a lot of secrets. He comes to season two, A, with a lot of baggage from last year, mm-hmm. uh, which we all know where that comes from, um, and a lot of secrets. I think he's a, he's a really conflicted cat, and he's, um, he's trying to figure his way out through this as we go along as well. Um, and he's got a few agendas, some that he has now exposed, some that may or may not um, still be in his back pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Peter's a really conflicted guy, and he's... Um, He's kind of looking out for himself right now. This uh, We've wandered into a situation that is not as controlled as maybe he thought it might be. So he's improvising a little bit as he goes along, as I think a lot of the characters are. Sure. Uh, that's one of the things I love about this show, is we have these real people thrown into these really extraordinary circumstances that are beyond anything you could imagine actually having to deal with. Um, and uh, it is something that is beyond the scope of any of their experience, um, and beyond the, the scope of any of their, their capacity, really. And so we're, we're all, all the characters are kind of pushed to their limit and, uh, and forced to improvise a little bit. Are we going to get, and I know I'm kind of jumping right in here with the questions, <laughs> but um, this episode we got our very first flashback to the interim between season one and season yes. two. Uh, and I guess I wanted to know, are we going to get any type of flashbacks with you to clarify what happened between then and now? Um, I don't know how much we're going to use flashback. Are you referring to, to Dr. Summer? Um, yeah. He, yeah. We kind of uh, learned we learned that he has an agenda. Mm-hmm. I want to know, are we going to see anything from between season one and season two with Peter? Uh, more information is going to come out for sure. Okay. I, I'm not sure we're going to be using the device of a flashback uh, to attain that. A but time yeah, machine, perhaps? Maybe a time machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'll go beat up Dr. Summer. There we with go. With rocks. He's just <laughs> having the worst time. Oh, my oh God. gosh. <laughs> Well, apparently uh, he deserves it. I mean, he is Doctor Dick Texas. That's yeah. true. Look, second, Texas. second Sergio. I mean, in, in season one, Sergio had a pretty rough time. He always was yeah. getting beaten up, tied to things. Uh, yeah, but he was seducted. getting kissed by beautiful women all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Getting tied up. And yeah, he killed cat. Freak, freaking seven yeah. of nine. Um, <laughs> but now we have second Sergio, who seems to be doing all these things, and I'm. It's so great that they actually have a full body suit. Because I was just thinking, like, they don't have very good equipment, but the fact that you can avoid the bees. Yeah. That's just, you know what? That's karma. You know, (laughs) out of all the bad things, getting beaten by rocks, you don't have to get stung by bees. But here's the thing, right? (laughs) He's running from these people towards the bees. Which was good, though, in a way. It worked out fine. But it's a very fragile suit. He's in a suit that... Okay, nobody can look good running in one of those suits. Let me say that for a moment. Although, if anybody's going to look good running in that suit, it's going to be Matt Long. He looked as good as you can look. Yeah, she did. It's true. (laughs) Especially just the fact that his his pants were shiny as he's running in, like, uh, the the most 70s, like, 80s uh, chase sequence ever. That music. (laughs) I just wrote down... Like a big white jumpsuit, right? I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna have to ask Steve Maida if they had got if they had tried to get the rights to Benny Hill because that was such a perfect Benny Hill scene with, with that disco nightmare. Music. I, I love the disco nightmare, but 
If just play Benny Hill to that. Thing. Yeah. I mean, just call it Doctor Dick Texas in the seventies chase sequence. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you might as well have a movie. <laughs> Every time when the guy got started getting stung by bees, though, I just kept, I could I kept hearing Nicolas Cage in my head like the bees. Oh, not the bees. The bees. Like, I was that's just, all I wanted to just go over in the background. That was Dick Texas. Let's, <laughs> let's cover Henry Winkler and bees. Yeah. Um, so let's get back to Peter before we we fall completely down this hole, <laughs> much like you did this episode. Damn, oubliette. And That's the wrong accent. That's close. Russian? So, no, I'm not Russian. I'm I'm a quarter Russian. Uh, so, so Peter uh, just flat out betrays uh, betrays Alan, uh, and he's locked in this oubliette with him. And uh, what was it like shooting this sequence? I mean, it's great. You guys rarely get a ton of scenes together, yeah. um, so it was great to get you two in a nice meaty scene. Yeah, it's it's great working with Billy Campbell. He's uh, he's a bit of a mentor to me. Like I've learned a lot from him in the past couple of years working with him. Um, and we just had a lot of fun. It was nice to be in that contained space because then you're forced into these two-hander scenes um, that you can really you can really get into the meat of them. Uh, he almost put me right out the other side of that wall when he when he <laughs> when he just yeah. gored you. He gored you. Yeah, when yeah. he slammed me into that wall. We both play rugby, right? Like our background both. Nice. But he's like six four, two hundred thirty pounds. Yeah, I'm five <laughs> nine, one sixty. Yeah, you, you guys and kind I of heard play the, different. Uh, yeah, not, different, the, not the same different position. positions for sure. <laughs> and when he when he slammed me into the wall the first time, I heard the flat just go crack. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> Am I going to survive this? Take one. Uh, No, we had a great time. It was a lot of fun just engaging physically, um, and we both like to do that. Um, So I think we did most of that fight scene. There were a couple of uh, shots that maybe the stunt doubles took the the harder hit down to the the ground. Which is only hilarious because you guys play rugby. So, like, there's nobody better on this planet that can take a hit than a rugby player. But they're like, all right, you know, we got to get... These guys need jobs. So just we're going to take the stunt Well, you know what? And also there's something about um, actors doing their own stunts as opposed to stuntmen. Actor, we we get in the scene. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. our our adrenaline gets up, and and control kind of goes out the window because mm-hmm. we're just playing the realism to it. So it's really wise to let the uh, stuntman step into an emotionally charged scene. Okay, you know. Good so to know. what I really loved about this scene was the fact that throughout season one, you were in incapacitated. In other words, yeah. you didn't really have a chance to have the moment with Alan. So mm-hmm. this is the first time we really have to lock you guys in your own tiny little bottle episode yeah. of, not saying the episode was, but of force yourselves to talk. Because, I mean, I feel that was a good writer's tool to get you guys to actually get a lot off your chest, because mm-hmm. otherwise we would have never had these characters stay in the same room together long enough to have this happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A big shout-out to uh, Lee Dana Jackson, who wrote this episode, um, and the whole writer's room. I think they did a great job this year. But uh, Dana, in this episode, when I first read that scene, or those couple of scenes down in the Oubliette, I was like, that's right, they're brothers. Like, the end of the world... And they're they're bitching each other about yeah. high school things, right? Yeah. That's true. That's like my older brother and I in real life. We're like that. You can just push each other's buttons mm-hmm. yeah. about the stupidest little things. We were, we go were, off. We were actually just saying outside before when I was just like, you know, that scene where he's like, "Well, I do everything better than you." Like, that's not what your wife said. that one part to me you're like yeah well, what was when you were reading it it was kind of funny because there's a so scene much. where he says you son of a bitch and then you want yeah. to be like but it, your mother is my mother yeah. have, we, have, have we established that their father is dead or not 
Um, I thought that was yeah, okay. yeah, it was, uh, in season one when the the one lucid moment I have I think in episode four in season one where the conversation uh, okay. between uh, Peter and Alan yeah. Alan says he's Just, dead he can't hurt us anymore yeah. so. well, that, that was the thing that stood out to me most about this episode and this scene like there's a lot of big story stuff going on in this show mm-hmm. to this point we've been so focused on the like the craziness the sci-fi aspect of it we haven't had a lot of human moments that mm-hmm. just like about what makes these characters real people right. um, and this is the scene where we got it we got that moment of you're becoming dad you're mm-hmm. like you, the, the relationship really came through is that something that you guys sort of worked on and fed off before and up to this point uh, yeah, I mean, I think, like, in, in season one, that's one of the things, I mean, my character was in a coma half the time, and in the air... In but you played a great and, comatose and zizzing, patient. <laughs> thank you. And zizzing about the whole time. Um, <laughs> but what I tried to focus on in that first season was that, was the, w- the way Peter feels about the people around him, Julia, and I had a lot of time to think about it, you know, lying on a gurney or whatnot. Um but I think that's a really important thing, you know, and that's what I love about this episode and about this scene uh, between Peter and Alan is you do get to see these men and you do get to see their their imperfections and, and their petty jealousies and, in a way, this kind of um, strange love between them and a difficult brotherly love between them um, and just how deep the betrayal can be because of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I and it was really it was beautiful shooting it with uh, Billy. It just felt like a really honest scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do the writers give you any more of that like backstory like beforehand going into it, or do you really just find it on the page and then sort of bring it out that yeah, way? Yeah, we mostly find it on the page, and we have a whole you know previous season to kind of look back at and, and go like, oh, is Dad dead? You were right, Dad's dead. You told me that. <laughs> Unless he's totally a silver and he faked his death yeah. years ago when are, we meet him in season are we four. Going, yes. Are we? Go- <laughs> Are we going to get, um, at least in this season, because the, the, what I found very interesting about the scenes between you and Alan in this episode, and even in the previous ones, when you're on the phone with Ilar, with Mark Ganime, uh, Sergio, first Sergio, not second Sergio, <laughs> you seem genuinely scared as opposed to like worried. It's more of like a, like a fearful thing. And I'm wondering what your motivation for working with Alaria is, and the fact that Alan called you out on it in this episode and you still didn't say anything right. means that there's a higher stakes game here with Peter. Are we going to find out by the end of the season kind of the reasoning behind your character's decisions to betray the group? Yeah, yeah, we are. That's going to that's gonna come out. I uh, can't remember exactly what episode, but the interesting thing about this season is we're fed a lot of information and you can see it start to happen that it's starting to happen that it's being backfilled as we go through the season you're going oh okay there's some answers to some of the big questions from maybe episodes one and two Mm -hmm. and some stuff from last year that's starting to to um you're starting to glean a little more about uh that's true of peter's motivations as well and they're really nebulous do you know what i mean like i think peter is a guy who's not as good at what he's doing as he wishes he could be do you know um like Which that, is probably where part of the anger he gets with Alan being, oh, we're like the better brother or whatever. Yeah, this is probably I mean, his trying to prove himself. Well, then steal, stealing his wife. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, again, a character. Well, I don't think he stole his wife. Yeah. I, think, I, think they, I think Julie and Peter had... Um, a moment of reflection. Well, and also Alan was very focused on his career and, and you know, what, what uh, Kira and I talked about last year and how that informed the relationship between Peter and, and Julia was that 
I was the one who was understanding that she could talk to about her brother, and then something formed from that. Yeah. Do you know when the last time Peter and Julia saw each other was? Was it Arctic Biosystems or any time in between? Um, no, Arctic Biosystems is, is the way I've mm-hmm. the way I've felt it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, more to your the question about Peter's motivations. I'll just finish up that thought. Is um, you know I, I really feel like Peter. Uh, is a man kind of in search of a purpose, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why these scenes down in the pit from episode five, when, when Alan says the things he does, like you're just, what does he say, a hack who's trying to live my life because he doesn't have <laughs> yeah. one of his own. It's true. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. why it gets under Peter's skin. Yeah. You know? That's how he feels. I have a quick question, though, before we move on to this. Do you feel that if the scene played out differently, do you feel that Peter would have left Alan in the pit? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. oh easily. Yeah, that's definitely. obvious. So... Yeah. What I want to ask about this, too, is another work at play that actually got you two in the pit is Brother Michael. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Brother Michael has always been the conundrum of the season. I mean, we got a lot of information on him from the preview for this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's like a step, I think. Last image of the entire episode. But, um, But Brother Michael, his his motivations for putting you two together. He knows that Alan's up to something. He's known about it for a long time when he talks to him, his brother Jerome. He still kind of has an inkling. And now he even knows about you to some degree. So what would his motivation for repairing your relationship be even in this case? Was he wishing you would just kill each other? Like, where is that going? So I'm really wondering where he stands on this whole Ilaria issue, because he obviously knows about them. Mm-hmm. Or something, with the Silver Eyes, well, how long he's been there. We know from uh, from some of the online stuff that Ilaria is watching Michael, but not at least not directly overseeing it. Yeah. They view him as a potential threat. Yeah. Uh, what I wonder too is depending on, because we don't know exactly how long Michael's been on this island. Yes, they, we do. He 500 says five hundred years. years. He's been building it for oh, five hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, but my my point though is obviously the Silver Eyes have been you know coercing. They've been there for many, 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 many centuries. But the company itself, Alaria, obviously probably wasn't like called such or a corporation five hundred years ago. Oh, of course. So I wonder. If he's been there for that long, how much he knows about how the Silver Eyes work now? So Did he try a, to separate himself We from got it? a big piece of information this episode that I don't know if you guys took it away. I took it away, Matt. You were probably about to mention it. When she says he's a, she, uh, uh, Sarah's a Silver Eyes. Well, yeah, when Agnes says that Sarah's a Silver Eyes. And he's like, that's impossible. She wasn't there. Mm. Yeah. So when did we create this 500? That's so the f- a good question. 500. 500. They were all together at one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my mind, I think it might have been called Olympus or something. I don't know. <laughs> Going back to our theories from last year. Um, but it, it implies that there was a single event that created it. It wasn't like slowly one person made it, and then they made another, and then it was four, and then it was ten. It was... It had Some to be one scene. moment in time that they were all created and they were so, all yeah. together. What this means for me is that the fact that Sarah's a Silver Eyes, we know that you can turn people into a Silver Eyes. We knew that, yeah. but we didn't know that Ilaria didn't know that. 
And we didn't know that Brother Michael didn't know well, that. Well, we don't know... Hold on. Well, we don't know there that is Alaria nothing know. proving that Alaria doesn't know. We don't know... We know that Brother Michael split off from all the other Silvers 500 years ago. So any scientific advances that have happened since then, he knows very, very little about. This guy, the vast majority of his expertise comes from old-fashioned, tried-and-true grafting, nature... He, there's not a computer on this island. Yeah, but they, the, even the equipment they have, though, is still something within the last like century. Yeah, but well, people know surgery, so like people can come and yeah. bring those things yeah. to right. them. But I'm just saying, none none of them are aware that there are other immortals out there. I'm sure that many of them aren't even aware that he's an immortal, which means that any advancements that they have made, oh, he's yeah. thoroughly unaware. So what of. made me think in this episode what I think his actual. Um, what his goal is is to turn back the clock. He's immortal, but he doesn't know how to make people immortal. And our theory was one that we was to, he was either trying to devise something that could kill them or something that could make somebody immortal. But now, when he talks about like, oh, if we can only just turn back time on you to to Agnes, I think, or no, to Anne, yeah, it makes me feel that all of this has been they have been helping him develop a way to turn back the clock because they all seem to believe there's no way that anyone else can become immortal but if he's what is he it looks like he's 40 45 maybe 50 if he's trying to turn back the clock to be a younger man and stay immortal or or what if rather than he's trying to turn back the clock he's trying to make this what if this is the the Willis hypothesis that was talked about last season that uh, it's Making everyone immortal, yeah, which is what we sort of got. Like we weren't one hundred percent confirmed on that, but that was sort of where we were. That's where landing. we left it. So on what it. if yeah. he's part of what who the team that created the Willis hypothesis, or his name was his name was Michael Willis? Well, we will find out, and we will get into Liz's thoughts on that and my thoughts on that in just a moment. But first, I need to quickly mention iTunes. I do it every week, and it's for good reason. Don't you dare skip ahead, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> you can't skip ahead because this is live. Yes, this is live because. <laughs> The best way to support AfterBuzz TV is to go to iTunes, rate and review the shows that you listen to or that you watch on YouTube. You can also go on YouTube and click that subscribe button uh, so that you can follow us there. Because uh, here's the thing, folks. We put out over, over 100 hours of free after-show content every single week. It's the widest array of after-show content anywhere on the web. You can take me to court. I will win that court case. I'll win that lawsuit because I'm telling the dang truth. Don't okay? take him to court. He can't afford it. I can't afford it. No. But I would still win and it would be worth the point. The only way that we're able to do all this great stuff and do it all for free for you is because of our sponsors. And our sponsors choose us because they see that we have a passionate fan base that loves us and that is willing to step up to the plate for us and just write a quick review. It's really helpful. It just takes a second. It doesn't cost you a dime. And it's how we also get great guests like Mr. Neil Napier. You also get a great shout-out here on the show. Uh, we have a new review from Helix Lover 45 stars. Um, I love your guys' podcast. The be- the beginning music gives me a laugh each time I watch it. Uh, also, your predictions are so fun to listen to, and I love how laid back you are. I love seeing if your predictions come true. It just makes the show so much more fun. P.S. Your podcast is awesome, and I look forward to watching you every single week. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to give us some few shout-outs to the chat roll on YouTube. Oh, please do. Um, shout-out to Bridget She Wardstone, who says, uh, I'll swoon if Neil speaks more French. Yeah. Alors. Oui, on peut faire ça. Je peux parler en français pour... C'est quoi son nom? What is her name? Oh, um, Bridget Shea Wardstone. 
Bonjour, Brigitte. Uh, je suis enchanté de vous rencontrer. There you go. Wow. Uh, Lila Colbert says, give me bees to wasps or hornets any day. You be careful, Liz. We don't, we're not shipping you to get you and him to get sick. We're not stopping the show if you pass out. All right. We're just going to keep going. Um, Lilith Colbert says, I think Michael knows Hitaki. He mentioned being 500 or more, which is the age of Hitaki. And she also says that I think he's been working on the Hilla, on the Willis hypothesis. She agrees with you. And since Michael is obsessed with plants, Hitaki is seen with plants. Therein lies the connection. Bart J. Braswell says, does Michael not know you can create silvers? Is that what he's trying to do? All right. Well, I'm going to give my two cents on this. Um, because, what? I said Matt. I'm just messing with you. Okay. Because uh, here's the thing. I do not think that he's trying to create more silvers or to turn back the hands of time. I think that he'd like to. Uh, I think that based on that last scene with uh, with Agnes and, uh, oh no, the scene with Anne where uh, he's like, uh, it's a pity you're so old. We so find out that he only, I guess he only sleeps with uh, his daughters who are under the age of 30. If they are his daughters. They are all his daughters. Um, I don't know if he has sex with his daughters, but he has sex with every other woman who comes onto this island. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. At least one of them more was pregnant, we heard last week. Yeah. Right. But he has no respect for people of a of a certain age. No. I and, the, and the other thing, too, isn't that I had to laugh, too, because I'm like, she's like your age equivalently as as far as like what You're appearance talking about goes. You're Anne, not Agnes. Yeah, Anne. Yeah. Well, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, He's like... He's for A names for his daughters. Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah. What is that about? Fucking A. Fucking <clears throat> A. Whoa. Whoa. Way to make us explicit. Bleep. F and A. Yeah. F and A. <laughs> uh-huh. How do you say that word in French? No, I'm kidding. Don't yeah. say it. Well, just based <laughs> on what Well, you know what? If you, say, if you say fuck in French, it means seal. Like the animal. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm going to say it all the time at work now. P-H-O-Q-U-E. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that at work. Fuck. 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 Is a seal. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> the seventh fuck. Uh, all right, so I don't think that he's... I don't know that he's necessarily trying to uh, make more silvers. What he does have is a mastery over nature and his obsession with controlling nature mm-hmm. and, and then taming nature to his will. Going back to uh, Play God, Pay the Price, we got to see how he's playing God mm-hmm. in this episode. And I think that's very, very important. I... I'm going to throw in a nickel because you only gave in two cents, which mm-hmm. is showing, you know. Right. Superior order? Yeah, basically. Uh, no, but I, I think that he, I agree. I don't think he's trying to make more silvers. I think in order to kind of gain some sort of, um, you know, kind of to make his, his female followers more like, oh, swoon, but you love me, right? Like, yeah, honey, don't worry about it, baby. I'll make you immortal if I can. But, like, he that's never been the point. He just probably tells them that's something he might be trying to work on so he can be with that, you know, they can be with him forever. But a- Agnes is not even aware. Like, she's so taken aback by someone else being a silver, she didn't even think that was an option. So I doubt that he's ever talked about that Yeah, with they, they yeah. seem, especially the conversation with Amy, I think it's pretty clear that they have no clue that they're that that's even a possibility. I right. think they think he is a complete anomaly. They just think that he is a god. Yeah, he yeah. is a god on yeah. earth, mm-hmm. and I don't uh, think that. Well, it's a cult. I mean, I, I don't. On. I don't think they think he's a god. I think he's just. It's not a god, but a prophet. Yeah, like, prophet. A prophet. Yeah, so normally how those work. I don't know. I I. I I still think there's more to it. I know we find out this episode that there's a lot to do with the bees, mm-hmm. and that the bees are kind of the secret, bees. but they, they've been cultivating bees in certain places, and they just didn't want it transferring to different places. I now really think that it was honey that they were putting into that woman the other time mm-hmm. when they took her teeth out, and I still think they're just harvesting teeth, trying to see if the teeth grow back, or if there's the mother prophecy, where they didn't talk about mother, 
Yeah, they didn't. Oh, darn it, what was I going to say? Dang it. <laughs> Wait. Oh, I, I completely forgot about Mother. Let's yes. talk yes. about Mother. Mother, who totally, who she? she totally has an A name. Whoever she is. Whoever she is, she has an A name. Yeah, because sure. he's naming Amanda. all his daughter. Agatha. After. Adam. Wait. Mother Agatha. Adam. <laughs> no, uh, I think whatever whatever happened to the 500, 500 some odd years ago, um, I personally, I mean, I'm thinking Meteor. I'm not sure. Like, if we're thinking 1,500 years ago, was that was the Crusades 1,500 years ago? What was 1,500 years ago? 1,500 years ago. I wasn't around. It was the year 500. What it was, was like AD? the fall of the Roman Empire was around that time. What? 500 years 500. ago? 500. I think you said 1,500. No, 500. 500. I meant 500 okay. years ago. 500 years ago. Yeah, Crusades, the, pl- the plague. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about Narvik? Yeah. Well, comparison. Let me let me throw this out. If we want to go, if we want to go to Crazy Town, what if the plague, the Black Plague, was brought on by whatever event caused these immortals? These immortal, oh. like these immortal people, whoever they were, were all like right by the crash site and were inoculated to whatever came from this event, yeah. so which swept across the, the crash world. Crash site? You sounds like you're talking aliens. Now. I don't know. I'm not saying uh, aliens. I've been watching way too much ancient aliens since it's been on Netflix. I'm not so saying aliens. Started. I'm saying a, a meteor. Right with radiation. That's that's my personal. <laughs> they are not aliens. All not aliens. <laughs> I think that. Um, well, I just kind of think it's interesting because you mentioned Black Plague and stuff, and then we had Narvik. Which what better way to compare that of what the hell you know you were coughing up all last season? Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I just. I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, whatever happened, but irrelevant. They're there, and it's now just a matter of God. I'm so upset. I couldn't think about what I was going to ask. I mentioned before. I would lean away from something from space because I think that this is this shows the the like the thesis statement of this show, not just the marketing song, but it seems to also be the thesis: play God, pay the price. It's about playing with science. I yeah. think so. If you go, hold on, let me let me finish yeah. this. Um, if you go back to like something similar to like the idea of the meteor, but if you dig into what if they uncovered the like primordial ooze? Ooh. Um, Five hundred years might fit close to. I don't know the exact time that that uh, like Europeans and everybody would have gotten to Australia. Yeah. But there's supposedly a place in Australia where you can see like remnants of the primordial ooze out in the desert. Black Mountain. So no. what if they what if they got into that and that using that and then science somehow created the uh, the, the ability to be immortal. What I kind of you guys don't get don't get too caught up on the five hundred year thing. Yeah, because I was about to say, wasn't there that scene with the guy that they found who was like nine hundred years no, old? No, no, but he was also mentioning he was a Viking. Right, da, 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 da. like that was way more than five hundred years ago. Yeah, because it's he's been doing this on the island for five hundred years. It doesn't mean he's five hundred years old. He Fair could enough. be yeah. two thousand. He could be a hundred thousand. Well, they make it sound like it's not a hundred thousand. Well, they make That's it sound outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> who lives a hundred thousand years? Yeah. But they make it sound like it's been something like some of these people could be like over way over a thousand years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, think of, you know, Egypt and da-da-da-da. I mean, there's a place in Lebanon I do where, remember da-da-da-da. Well, there, yeah. shut up. But there's a place in, there's actually a place in Lebanon where there's these remnants of ruins that they think, like, aliens used to land on and stuff. So we were talking about all that stuff before about something happening in a collective area. I started thinking about that. I mean, I still like that it stands to reason that these people just ha- think about how they're treating Michael, like, would be considered gods at a, at certain times just because of yeah. the fact that they ate. Because even the people on the island have to know, like, he, they may not have, they may not know about the silver eyes. Yeah. He clearly keeps but they know he's been but there. But they know he's 
immortal because he hasn't anyone that's over the age of 20 has seen him not age yeah. in 20 years. I also want to know I think how cool it is that obviously they don't have contact lenses on the island but she's <laughs> injecting some sort of like natural some, dye. She's yeah. doing it prison style. Blue <laughs> style. He's gangster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we need to move on because yeah. we still have a lot to cover. <laughs> Uh, Kyle, Dr. Kyle Summer, Dr. Dick Texas. Second is, Sergio. He's, he's, he's having, not like Sergio. He's not like Sergio. At all. He's Dr. Dick Texas. Second Sergio. He's not the shades of all right. Mark. Please. Constructive. So, he, uh, first of all, he's having the worst time ever on this island. Womp, womp. Uh, every time that he goes anywhere by himself, he is attacked or he is hit on wantonly and then judged by Landry, who's Poor the world's biggest little creep. Um, biggest little creep. He's the biggest little creep. That's the dude that's always getting with the... the oh, the, yeah. I'm sorry, but how deprived are you? Like, yeah, as soon as she takes out a glove, he's like, oh. Well, I just, I just have to say on Brother Landry that uh, Sean Tucker, who plays Brother Landry, wanted me to thank uh, Stephen for uh, nicknaming him Handy. Handry. 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 Just straight in there with two hands. Two hands. (laughs) Two hand condoms. (laughs) Can I just say, too, there was a point where she was like, because of you, I have a way to get off this island. And he's all there like... Like, like, I almost feel like he was like, and I get to go with you, and I can come with you. Well, she, like, he did tell, uh, he did tell Doctor Dick Texas that she's the best thing ever to happen to this island, or him. Mm-hmm. Well, but, you also have her taking the honey, saying the honey is the ticket off the island, right? And, also and then the, we have thirty years later this whole virus being out. Yeah, and then there's also the whole jealousy thing where he was even talking with uh, with her name is uh, not Anne, it's a. Uh, the younger one. Amy? Amy. Yeah. He was uh he was telling her about like, oh, your friend. And he's like, he's not my friend. Like the jealousy that he has, which is so interesting to me considering how convoluted this whole society is where people have like weird relationships with people, but then they get knocked up by Brother Michael. Because well, they're like, not supposed to have relationships. Yeah, they're I supposed know. to be like Salva and just let Michael have his way with people. Oh, but but guys, did you notice that there was uh, uh this episode had some interesting directing just on the performances. There was two moments where I noticed like she goes, this jar is going to get me off this island. <laughs> like there's a pause. There's a brief pause yes. there, and it was also there's uh, Michael when he's like, there's a beehive where the hive should. B. Not B. <laughs> Not B. Oh, I remembered the B part. I didn't catch the one with the uh, This uh, is uh, like Stephen-level pun. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, right. it's a work of it's beauty. It's because they love our show, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I, think, I, yeah, I think it's a this. shout-out to After Buzz, too. Right? It's, important yeah. to, it's important to mention... It is After Buzz, you guys. That's true. Ah! But it's important yeah. to mention, getting back on topic, that uh, that Kyle, we learn we learn this episode, we get our first flashback, we learn that he's working for the government, we don't know which branch of the government, it's not specified whether it's CIA, FBI, yeah. Marshal Service, whatever, but the Something only reason, the, the only reason why he is a member of the CDC team at all is to apprehend Alan Farragut. Mm-hmm. So, there was no guarantee. But he does have a background in things that they said would be especially well that he could join up oh, with Alan's I'm aides. not contesting that. 
Yeah. But there was no guarantee that Alan was going to be on the sideline. The last time that they saw him was right before Alaria broke up. So uh, right before, uh, sorry, Alaria got bombed. So they have to know that he's there. No, 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 no. They they hired him to investigate Alan. The best way to investigate somebody you can't find is to go on his old team to figure out stuff about him and figure out what happened. Well, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. He yeah. just close to Sarah because they he, they assume maybe that he'll uh, make contact. He just kind of got lucky. I do want to give a shout out to Allison Louder and uh, and Severin Thompson, uh, Sister Anne and Sister Amy. We are getting them on the show sometime this season. Oh, great. Yeah. So uh, they are fans of the Yay. show. And apparently, to learn about Helix, Allison actually watched our first season after show. Yes! Really? <laughs> to get more into Helix. Oh, that's year. fantastic. She loved the show Good before she go. was on the show. They yeah. are both awesome on the show. I yeah. Think, yeah, I think Allison and Severn do a bang-up job, and, mm-hmm. and they're great new additions, and amazing to work with as well, so we're really lucky to get the both of them. I want to give a quick shout-out to Emma Philly, who's not writing her cultural anthropology paper <gasps> right now to watch this show. Yeah! Really? Got a girl. Bad girl. <laughs> and you, guys, you need to get work done, girl. What are no, you doing? No, shut up, Matt. No. Sh- sh- it's for the cool. show. It's going to be it's available research. on YouTube. She's researching her paper. It's like right how... How m- anthropology so, is the study of, of human right, cultures. This is yes. a whole. I do so after one, one more shout out. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Allison was telling me about working with Claire Coulter, who's huge in Canadian uh, stage work, Theater, yeah. and said that she's phenomenal. And watch, and you don't really see it until this episode where you're like, yeah, she's really good at making yeah. a believable character. So I do want to give a shout out to to Claire. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Claire's amazing. Well, Be- that's the- beautiful stage actor too. Oh my god! In this episode, you really got some stuff from. Amy that was, she played this, she was vulnerable and aggressive and like hunting at the same time. You're talking about in the scene with Kyle. Yeah, she went back and forth. Like she was like, "How sh- how am I going to play this guy?" She's trying to get a read on him. We're only now realizing <laughs> we don't know how to read him because what is like we're only learning that he has other motivations. Right. We just learned his motivation this episode. It's still yeah. unclear. Yeah, but I I still think that's why I kind of just like the fact that he's calling him second Sergio because Sergio was like kind of brutal when he had to be about things, <clears throat> and so far it just seems like he's just trying to get more information about and being undercover. It doesn't it doesn't he's sound second Sergio. Like, well, let's talk about being undercover because like he and Alan are alone for a second and then he's immediately dropping cover <laughs> asking questions that he, he he could have held for later causing a physical altercation he and Alan's it. tied up again already Fifty Shades style already oh, God. Five hey, speaking of Fifty Shades I wore plaid this this time around because <laughs> I thought this was Fifty Shades of plaid this show <laughs> no. and now I'm the only one wearing plaid like what's going on here you didn't, didn't bring the candy like, like Sergio did like first Sergio uh, First Sergio. I told Mark and Amy asked to bring candy. Okay. Please don't. It made so much noise. <laughs> I was like, so we only got ten minutes left. Yeah, we got ten minutes. Can we talk about this show? Yes. Please? God, okay, yes. fine. All right. Um, so Alan's tied up. Uh, I want to briefly mention the Michael, Amy, and Anne scene with the suicide with the suicide tree. Um, where that was just like a harrowing scene where he's squirting that sap right into her mouth. <laughs> Terrifying. Shut Stop up. it. Um, Shut up. To prove a point, we also have to talk about Sarah, who's still pregnant um, and got, gets knocked out by Agnes. Yes, could, go ahead. Could the stab... I don't know. I can't remember what we talked about this last Could the stab have somehow shot the pregnancy into like a forward motion? That's what I motion. said three episodes ago. Uh, well, yeah, because her body was too weak to uh, produce whatever antibodies are keeping her, it at bay. But it was her pancreas and something with her lung. It actually wasn't... I don't I still think it was when he dripped, is, but when she dripped the virus on her. I think that's what did it. I think she's slowly getting sick, and that's making her more human. 
Hmm. Because they mention it yeah. 30 years later with Julia. Well, Julia, he, he, he's like, well, it takes you being sick to become more human, huh? And I think that's kind of a play on what's happening oh, with, with Sarah that, in the present. Caleb? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, Maybe. Um, just, what? Just, Wait, just, just take it. Breathe. Take it. <sighs> breathe, breathe. And take it. Is, what is this, a time machine? Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about Julia and Caleb. Yeah. Um, get confirmation this week that what happened on the island is actually happening. Yes. Um, because nothing crazy happened. Yes. Oh my God! What yeah. if they were, What if the five hundred people got sent back in time and the time machine thing was a play? On nope. Like the, no. No. I will walk away from this panel. <laughs> I will do it right now. <laughs> well, they'd all have to be there, and they're from all different cultures and things like that. No. If they, I'd I mean, almost rather go aliens. And I, they're I'm from a time. No, in French. No. It's straight up fringe status. They're from a time when humanity has kind of destroyed the Earth, so they're going back to culture humanity into a point where they won't destroy the this Earth. From not the- hey, I don't know. Hey, hey, I don't think so. Hey. Their attitude speaks to speaks to people. It's there's a line from the uh, from the preview for next week where they say we have to take a firmer stance on for predictions. Yeah, sorry. Um, but what, what I what I thought was interesting in this episode is with Caleb, he started to build this they started to like tease at like who his parents might be. He started talking about he didn't know his dad. Yes. And he did but he knew his mom. Yes. Yeah. So but he talks about his mom cooking a lot. Right. Um, I just I wasn't sure if that was like supposed to be like a hint. I don't know. Like, still think it's Soren. You still uh, think it's Soren? I don't think it's Soren no, because then his Soren. name would be Soren. Yeah. And it's name himself. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I think that it's it's freaking Sarah and, and Alan's kid. Something happens. He's born. They even mention, too, because it's exactly, it is exactly 30 years in the future. And the fact that they mention exactly how old he is. He is 30 years old. Soren would have been older. Because okay. he would have been 40. I didn't hear Boom. that they mentioned he was 30. I'm sorry. Hey, when did they mention that? Yeah. They, they mentioned it. Well... He was saying 30. I'm 30. No, no, didn't because he? we're 30 years in the future. We just know that he looks like no, he's didn't like they, yeah, no, they no, never no, mentioned no, 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 it. No. Didn't they, I no. swear to I'm not really no. If you're in the chat it. and you know, let us know. Yeah, please tell they, us there's okay. a scene. No, they did they didn't mention it. this week they refer to the the out, a new outbreak that we are not familiar with of the Narvik virus. Right. And that's 30 like years ago. Drop. Yeah, about roughly 30 years ago implying that it's a little less. I could have sworn that he was so mentioning his Caleb, age. Caleb takes the sword, which is silver and goes to Finish off Ataki is what we're assuming at this point. What? Uh, no. What? No. I assume that whatever <laughs> it was that's on the sword. On the back first side. of all, I think that he, he can reads read, Japanese. Yeah, I think he can read. Thank you for stealing my thunder, Liz. Yeah. Uh, I think that he can read Japanese, and whatever it says on the back is his. It's it that is, is his, his legacy. What if the formula to make silvers is written on the back of the oh sword? My what? Mic drop. Mic drop. Confirmed by Neil. Not confirmed. I think I like it. Uh, I confirm and deny nothing. Here, around the table, what do we think is the translation of the thing on the sword, Liz? I'll come back to you, Stephen. Get A's in school, or I don't own you as a child. I think it's 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 got to be the cure to Norvik. It's got to be like somehow the location oh. of something, or like boiled down, like the, the, the equation. But the sword, the sword is his legacy. Yes. So, like, my first thought was that it was like just something simple, like the names of his family, or or the names of the silvers, or something. But like the his legacy would be something that would change the world, and not. Not something that would cure this one thing. 
it would I, a formula just how it lands somehow. I'm saying it's a formula. Yeah, it's but a formula. Like a cure is like a cure is just one thing. It's not, you don't work your whole life to make a cure for something that you also help create. It's no. What's on the back of the sword is how to make silver's human. Because <gasps> that's a time. That's what he was doing at Arctic Biosystems. It's his legacy. This is thirty years later. But he didn't make silver. Seems no, but he was doing the research on how to turn people silver. I mean, it makes sense. I don't know. Anyway, maybe maybe I'm grasping at straws here. Maybe I'm remember- maybe I'm remembering things wrong. But it makes sense that he would tell Julia that maybe he should never have turned her, and then says, "Here, this is my legacy. This is thirty years later. He could have done thirty years more of research." Hmm. And it's I like crazy. It. I like it. Well, I, yeah. This is our predictions. Let's yeah. just go ahead. Yeah, I'm just well. It, to me, it doesn't make sense because like he's been freaking Gaga crazy with freaking headless, you know, and the thing with the thing and the people. Like I can't imagine him being like, "Oh, we're gonna go fishing," and then he's like, "Science, science, science." It's like, no, you are batshit insane. Like I cannot picture him actually working. Can on a you picture him trying years. to use it on himself and becoming batshit crazy? Experimenting, he's the only one who can he can experiment on. It's true. It's no, that because, or catch another silver. No, because look at look at how um uh what's Julia's mother's name? Jay. 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 Jay look at Jay how, was never silver. No, I know she wasn't, but it looks like he did that whole thing to formaldehyde kind of thing he, with them. Embalmed her very soon after. Like that takes a level of crazy that you were already crazy and didn't have a chance to. Experiment I know, but if he believe if he believes that they're real and he's still doing research with her at his side and him at his side, yeah. he could still be scientifically mentally all there, all right, just yeah. not... Science is his big... Like, that's what he knows. It's like, even if you started to lose it, like, mentally, that doesn't affect your... doesn't necessarily affect your intelligence or your ability to perform tasks. So mm-hmm. he could absolutely be carrying out science. Right. I hear some outro music. Instinct. Unfortunately, we need to wrap yeah. this up. Um, Neil, is, can you just say anything about uh, the season come? Any uh, episode that we should really be looking out for? Oh, look out for all of them, man. Yeah. Like, every, every episode, there's new information, there are new twists. Um, it is really going to get interesting. Some of your predictions are near the mark. Um, some are it's way me. off base. I'm not going to tell you which are which. Uh, but it's it's fascinating, man, the engagement you guys have uh, with the show. You know, we love it. We're really happy uh, with it. And I think you're going to be really pleased with how the, the season winds up. And you said awesome. season three premieres when? <laughs> and, you, and the next time you have a, 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 a scene where you have to sneeze, you're going to accidentally say ziz in the sneeze. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Neil, once again, where can the people find you online? Uh, I am at Neil Napier. That's my Twitter handle, N-E-I-L-N-A-P-I-E-R. I think it's the same on Instagram, which I am rarely on. Yeah. So look anything me up else, on Twitter. Anything else people should be looking out for? Um uh, there's like a TV movie coming up in May, I think, with uh, Elizabeth Rom that I play her uh, her husband. And that's in May or something. I thought you were just about to say play her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yeah, thank and you. Video games all the time. Yeah. So. yeah. Thank you so much for coming back, thank man. You. It's a pleasure. Right on. It's, it's a pleasure being here, guys. All Thanks. right. Stephen Lemieux, where can the people find you? Hey, guys. Stop. Collaborate and listen. Oh, Hit that thumbs up button right now. Do it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. Okay. And I better call Saul later tonight. Liz? Hey, guys. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lizzie Maui. Again, that's L-I-Z-Z-Y-M-A-W-Y. Uh, hey guys, you can catch me on Twitter at that Zach Wilson, T H A T Z A C H W I L S O N. Bunch of shows here after us. Better call Saul with these two crazy guys, Grim, and a whole bunch of others. Okay, fantastic. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M A T T L I E B E R M A N. Check out my personal channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash Matt Lieberman, SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd, uh, Banshee, and Better Call Saul. I want to thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week. Good night. Bye. 
from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.